the guy who owns Love Handle, mm-hmm. Chris Benedict. Benedict, he's the one who actually named Bluebeard. They yeah. were up on the roof drinking, you know, at the end <laughs> of the evening, all just dreaming up ideas and things, and he came up with the name. But I think he might have been thinking of a pirate, not. <laughs> oh, not, you know Chris. Not, yeah, oh, he yeah, could have oh, been yeah. a pirate instead of. Yeah, he might be a pirate. <laughs> he could be. He's a hugger. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> a little too long, some might say. <laughs> Every once in a while, yeah. he's a good guy. We uh, we love Chris. He's. But he's, so anyway, all those were Ed. With my people though The homie Dyke just cooked up a feast And we bout to eat it bro Fucked around and has to miss the lobster with the poutine Daddy is rolling blow dream Them boys got down a routine It's nap town culture Cooking seven courses Had to pass the torch and now I'm grabbing second portion So sit back, relax, grab a drink and a smoke It's hard to brunch on the way And get prepared for the jokes Whoa Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels, and with me as always, my co-host, Thaddeus J. McKee. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the ones, the twos, the wheels of steel, the sauce boss of Indianapolis, and the last woke dragon. Give it up for Zach Rohn, everybody. Hey, hey there. And a very, <laughs> very special guest with us. It's Are you right, that? Ah, <laughs> uh, No. <laughs> He fell out of his headphones. Uh, <laughs> fell out. <laughs> slipped out. I slipped out. Uh, very special guest with us in studio, uh, Tom Batista. First time on the show. Welcome. Tom. Thank you. Woo. Woo woo. How are you feeling, Tom? <laughs> I'm feeling like we had a great brunch. Did you have fun? Too many drinks. But too it's many, all right. Okay. Too many drinks. You yeah. feel like you had too many drinks? I had a few drinks. Oh. <laughs> I'm feeling no pain. Yeah. Zero pain. I'm happy. Hey, gotta gotta get it uh, nice and loose. You know, That's what I, like I to hear say. you. I'm I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> but we did start you off with some of that uh, Tinker Coffee. What did you think? About we did. That? Oh, that was awesome. Uh, they just became uh, a new sponsor of ours. That's pretty good because we've used them at Bluebeard and Amelia's. Yeah, for ten years or twelve. We're open eleven years, I think. I feel like anything cool that I can say about food, you're going to trump me this whole episode. Well, maybe, but I, I don't do that. I don't know that much about food. I have to get out my phone and Google the ingredients, too. Yeah. So, No, this will be the Trump episode. I want to see that. Oh, the Trump episode. Uh, we do have a coffee subscription. Um, listeners to the show can save 25% off their first month subscription with code BRUNCH. Hey, code BRUNCH. It's our get- first code, our first podcast code. I'm very excited. Code brunch. It's it's a very easy code. Like if yeah. that was a code to get into our house, like we'd be robbed. Or it sounds like like the worst, like the laziest emergency. You know, like, <laughs> we got a code brunch. Code brunch. Code brunch just means five white women walked into place together. Oh gosh. Um. Yeah, I don't know. We got off on a tangent there. I'm sorry. Um. But yeah. So I guess tell tell our listeners a little bit about your connection with like how you're involved with Bluebeard. And, well, um, and Amelia's for the last 50 years, I've traveled all around the world. I'm in the entertainment business and every city that I go to, we search out and find good bread. I'm Italian. That's my heritage. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we've always had fresh bread, you know, made at home. That's really good. 
Unfortunately, as I traveled around the world, I'd find great restaurants and great bread in a lot of cities. And to get to Indianapolis, and there was good restaurants, but no good bread. No good bread. So one of my main things in my you know life was to bring good bread to Indianapolis. And that's kind of what it segued into that. So if you want the story on the segue, I'm willing to tell it. Sure. Well, I mean, I guess what exactly is it that you do to bring these to bring these restaurants into the city? Uh, well, it's just because I have the time because my full time job um, currently it's we have 40 weeks off. So I work 12 weeks out of the whole year. And so it's made, you know, I'm able to make a living doing that. And so in my spare time, then I could do um, buy property, real estate and things, but mm-hmm. then also to give back to the community. So to do projects like the idol, like the bike racks on Mass Avenue. So those, those are all things that were enabled me to do it because I worked for Jimmy Buffett for 30 years. You worked for Jimmy Buffett for 30 years. 30 years. I'm a stage manager. Wow. I know I can't comprehend Is he the first state person that you did that for? Or No, no. I've been in the business for 50 years. The oh. First tour I did was with David Bowie, 1974, Diamond Dogs. David Bowie? David Bowie. The how David you, how, Bowie. We were children together on the road. How do you how do you get how do you slide into that as your first job? <laughs> Just by accident. I mean, you really want to hear Wait, this? Wait, you had told yeah. me you, you told me off mic something before I found interesting where you had just like because I've never heard of someone just taking this up as a vocation as a calling, but it seems like you just kind of went and sought it out on a, a local level first. I, I didn't really so- seek it out. It kind of found it found me. you. Okay, yeah, I you know uh, when I went to IU, I wanted to drop out of society because it was during the Nixon administration, the Vietnam War, and mm. it was you know so it's sixty eight to seventy two basically when I was at IU. Yeah. And we thought the whole world was going to crash in. And the important thing to do was to learn how to live off the land. Mm. So that sounds, you know, very romantic and shit, but it's really hard, actually. So you wanted to start like a commune or something like that. I didn't want to start a commune. I wanted a personal commune for me. And then all my friends and family could come down there if the world fell apart and I could teach them how to live, collecting water from a spring. You know, yeah. uh, picking berries. That's definitely a commune. I love that. Well, that is a commune, I guess, but it's <laughs> more of a family. Or <laughs> oh, thank you, Cole. That's, that's better. That's but so anyway, that kind of um, that was my original idea. And well, I, when I graduated, I was back in Indianapolis, and somebody offered me um, a job helping put on a rock festival at Bush Stadium. That had gotten moved at the last minute um, from. Raceway Park. And so uh, what happened was we worked all putting it up on a, from a Friday at noon until uh, Saturday night at 11 p.m. We worked straight through. No breaks. Just worked and did the show. Took And then the guy that brought it to town um, told everybody to go home and take get a rest and then come back tomorrow, Sunday at noon. And I was the only guy that showed up. And he's the one who asked me to go to New York and help him build a nightclub. And that's how I got in the business. It was called The Bottom Line there for 30 years. Your first nightclub that you that built I was built, called The Bottom Line. Built, yeah, physically built. I was the head carpenter on that show, on that, Whoa, to build that okay. theater. I love that. And, and then that's, how, and how, do you, so, how, how do you go from that well, to be, working with David Because Billy? the people that own that club, they were very famous, and they, they had done Gertie's Folk City forever. 
uh, a lot of people, you know, went through there and they started the bottom line. And it was a rock and roll club is where people could introduce their uh, first albums. You know, they had album releases all the time and stuff. And it's in New York, in the village. It's a hip area. So. Okay. You just can sit right there. You're off. So what type of music did they play at the bottom line? All I got kinds. Know. All it was, kinds. It was a oh, theater cabaret, so they did all kinds. But, you know, man, like Bruce Springsteen played there in 75 yeah. or 74 before he was yeah big time. You know, there's a lot of people. I feel like you got out on the dance floor, too. Like, after. Not really. I, mean, I don't have any <laughs> rhythm. I couldn't tell you if someone's in key, out of key, in jail, oh. or out on bail. I couldn't tell you the difference. But as a sound engineer, I think that you would be able to do that. I am not a sound engineer. Well, contrary. That's... Contrary. Oh. And I'm not a line. I'm not an LD, either. I am in the stage manager. I'm in charge of unloading 10 semis worth of stuff and having it all set and, up. Yeah. Do a sound check. Have dinner. Do a show. Take it all back down. So during the show, I'm worried about how we're going to get out of wherever we're playing. Okay. You know, the exit strategy. So, so you to have to be very organized in the setup and the teardown. Yes. And that's what you're known for around the country. And that's what I'm known for and what I do. Yeah. And, and, and it got you to the point where you did this for Obama at one point. No, but I like Obama. I've been to both. <laughs> I've been to, I've been to both uh, inaugurals and froze my ass off, I might add. Didn't you do something on a jet carrier uh, on the ocean? Oh, I did a thing though, where he came, to, he came to one of our shows. Okay, okay. That was a whole different thing. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. God. So, uh, so anyway, when you're in the business, then you know all these other people in business. A friend of mine, he uh, produces these shows called Morale Entertainment, and it's to raise the morale of troops. And one of his grand ideas was to do a basketball game on an aircraft carrier. So on 11-11-11, we did Michigan State versus North Carolina what? on the Carl Vinson, which is a nuclear aircraft carrier. We put 7,300 seats on the deck, the flight deck, had um, three double-wide trailers for dressing rooms, and Obama and Mrs. Obama came to the show. Oh, my gosh. It, was, it, was, it was amazing. Could you imagine watching a basketball game? With Obama in the ocean, on, in the ocean, like this that is like it was parked at the pier. They wouldn't let us take it out. They rented us the ship for a dollar. That's the most Illuminati shit I've ever heard in but, my entire but life. They wouldn't let us take it out from the pier. We had to oh, stay it was, there, so we couldn't sail it. All right, well, let's pretend it was straight up in the middle of the ocean because oh, that would have been good. Because the guys <laughs> asked me as we loaded different things on the the boat, it would change its how it listed one way or the other, mm, and they mm. actually have. A command center that does just that. They control how, where it floats to or something. And yeah. so, you know, after we got everything loaded, we said level it out and just keep it at this, and they did. Do you drive any of the semis? No. Okay. Why? Well, I, I had a brother who was a driver. Yeah. I used to have a CDL. I used to drive a school bus. Wow. That's, <laughs> That's exactly what that deserves. That's just like rock and roll. <laughs> I almost feel like a booba in a scissor. Like, I mean, even a try at a joke. Yeah. It was I, like a try. I've never seen somebody try to flex with that before. <laughs> yeah. You know, I. Uh, no, I don't have a CDL. Uh, how many, like, how many trucks or, like, is the well, most amount of trucks, like, you would have for like well, it depends if you're going to do a stadium show yeah. you have to understand that that whole rig gets shipped in there yeah because we're not doing multiple stadium shows we i don't know how many trucks they actually have mm -hmm. but if you were doing multiple stadium shows they leapfrog yeah so they have two sets of um staging okay 
and then they um, leapfrog it around. When one show is on, they're setting up another one, and then that one goes down and mm. leaps frogs over that to the next one. Because so I, I don't know how many it is, but we can, we have ten semis in our little small concise that's, easy show yeah that's what i was getting because like one of the things that blew my mind was like like metallica has something like that like oh 35 trucks yeah, yeah. like it's insane it is insane. like the whole the whole Keep, the whole show the whole stage the whole keeps a lot of people busy though so yeah that's kind of a good thing my, my my closest interaction with that kind of thing was i used to own a food truck and we catered for luke bryant at, oh, after like, the at, show like, yeah like deer creek and so, like, and I didn't even know who he was. I just was, heard he was a country, you know, musician. In the, the, is I, he? Huh? Is yeah. he? Yeah, he's a country. I don't oh. know either. Oh, That's okay. all I'm telling you. Well, I just, I just, whatever. The name didn't mean anything to me either. Right. And then we went there, and I thought he was, like, one of the opening acts or something. And it turns out he was, like, the headliner <laughs> or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> and I, it was my first time coming back where all the stage hands and all the people all are the back there right? and to look from the back to the front because I've been in that, you know, I've been in Deer Creek a million times, but always the other way. And to look at from behind the stage out and see that sea of people. And then also just, I used the, the restroom that was right off stage. And I just remember thinking like, man, so many famous musicians have pissed in this toilet. You know, I just like started thinking about every show that I'd ever been It actually been there. is pretty gross. Yeah. <laughs> that toilet is gross. Too many people use it. Yeah. I was like, there's some famous, I bet some gross stuff has happened in this bathroom for oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, I was amazed at how many people it takes to make something like that work. Yeah, right. And it, half the time you never see them or think and about them. And people don't, don't realize it. You know, they don't realize how many people it takes to actually do that. So we'll have a total of 70 stagehands to take the show out. 70? 70 plus our 30. So it's 100 people that can take everything down, 10 semis worth of stuff, and load it back into trucks uh, within two and a half hours. But So it's kind of like a, it's a, not a symphony, a ballet. Mm-hmm. Of things, knowing when to get the right thing to the dock to the truck at the right time. You listen to music as you direct. No, oh, you can't listen to music and th- and do all yes. that. Yeah, and I can't on any those. job. I, you know, when these young kids come and they want to be listening to music while they're working. <laughs> no, you listen to music at home, brother. Yeah. When you're working, yeah, you know, you're working. Take those headphones off. Yeah, you make one mistake and somebody could lose their foot. You know, or somebody could get injured for the rest of their lives. That's what you're dealing with. And you've probably seen something like that before. Well, I've seen a few accidents in my time, and it's sad. But what you do is you want people Alert. to make those mistakes. Do you have, like, an air horn where you're just, like, No, but that would be funny. They gave me one one time at Alpine Valley, Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> which is a huge outdoor venue. You can get 40,000 people in there, which is an amazing thing. And it's in the middle of nowhere. But they gave me a bullhorn one year. Just... Um, because I was a stage manager, they thought I should have a bullhorn, but we don't work that way. You know, most of the people in Jimmy Buffett have been there for years and years. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not a new guy anymore, but I've been there 30 years. You're but, known as one of the best. Well, who, me? Yeah. Oh, well, whatever. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, that's cool. What, yeah. What kind of what kind of relationships do you build with these stars? Because I feel like I feel like being the stage managers are like very personal. It's a little personal, but it's not. It doesn't have to be. It depends on the person. Mm. Um, you could be a stranger. You could be best friends. Yeah, or you could be best friends. And we're friends. Jimmy stays and eats with us every day. It's not like, it's not like a star that flies in and does a show and flies out all mm-hmm. by himself. No, he, he and the band travel together, 
uh, we have dinner every night together, that kind of a thing. It's not, he's kind of more humane. Yeah. I was uh, doing some research for the show. I was like, just like looking up, because obviously the theme was Jimmy Buffett, like in in, in, in honor of, of your coming. Uh, uh, but like, I was like looking up kind of the history and I didn't realize how, I guess, prolific of like a musician he is. Like as far as like, I thought, man, he's got these hits. He travels around and, and hey, it. Margaritaville, remember that? Blah, blah. But I didn't, I mean, he's in his 70s and he's still, like, he was right. Like, I looked at his Twitter and he's like, just wrote a new song today and he, blah, blah. He's just still like, doing it. He's totally into it. And everything he does, he writes stories about. So if something happens in his life, it'll become a, you know, a song or a record. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, he has, like, when I went to his his Apple Music, he has, like, a list. Like, he, just a Jimmy Buffett section. It's just him. There's no other artist in there. It's just like when you type in, it's all Jimmy Buffett, and he's like so unique in his own territory. Well, I was pretty happy when I heard that. Um, uh, what's his name? <laughs> I'm old, by the way. Um, anyway, someone said that Jimmy's songs, his early songs, were so cool. They're very poetic, and they tell you know great stories and everything. And they're all things that he does and he writes about his life. And, yeah, in what he's done. So. I've only been to one concert my whole life. Uh, I mean, not I've been to more than one concert. But like, I've been to one Jimmy Buffett concert. Uh, I went to Jimmy Buffett concert, and like, first I have to say, full disclosure, kids, uh, don't drink and drive. We shouldn't do that. <laughs> but uh, I was supposed to be the designated driver, and I had the great idea. I was like, well, I could drink before the show, uh, like in the parking lot, you right. know, and then I'll and then I'll just stop for the show. <laughs> And I'll be fine, you know, because that's like three hours. Right? Okay. Did you pass out? And the, oh yeah, oh for sure. <laughs> we we went around and we're just. I got so much of the show before the show. By the time the show came on, I was just like, I don't need any more. Yeah, I've heard every out. song twice. Like I played all yeah. these games. People were like playing it on their phones. Yeah, oh, well, and then no, I they think, set up whole speaker systems and everything. Trucks with sand and pools and water. There's everything. such a what? such a the full. Lot. Party in the parking lot before it even starts. Yeah. That you could just go and do that. So this is like a thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. They're just like deadheads, but they're called parrotheads. Yeah. Parrotheads. That's what they call them, parrotheads. But they're 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 wearing their Hawaiian shirts. I mean, they they people got some of this stuff down to a science. Like they take RVs and they have games set up in the front. It's almost like a pitching. Everybody had different stuff. They're pouring and they share. Yeah, they're sharing. They're pouring shots. And just be so loaded by the time you left the parking lot. Which is uh, exactly what, and then someone just gave me a what I like to call a goofball, which is uh, <laughs> I don't know just, what they're called now. That's but. a that's a, a mystery drug. I'm not sure what it was. Wait, someone gave you a goofball. Yeah. So someone walked up to you and said, "Hey, you want a goofball?" And here, put that in my mouth. It was something like that. It probably. Yeah. I saw somebody eating something. I said, "Give me one of them there goofballs." <laughs> and then, uh, and then I was like, "Oh, I need to go." Lay down, and I went. I went out to my car, and I took a little nap. And the next thing I know, I woke up, and there's some drunk broad, and she's trying to like get into my car, and she's open the door, and I was like, "What do you need? Who are you?" And she was like, "Ah!" And I was like, "Get out of here, lady! It's the wrong car, wrong car." Oh, that sounds like and like then, a zombie apocalypse. And then, and then I went back to sleep, and then I remember I woke up because somebody uh, knocked on my window and kind of startled me. And uh, and it was the security. It was like, hey man, you 
right. Concert's over. You got to get out of here. And I was like, I'm just waiting for my friend. You know, I'm going to drive my friend home. He goes, you're the last car here. Me in an empty parking lot. <laughs> it was like 3 a.m. <laughs> Uh, we had the show all taken down and gone by the time everybody was gone. Yeah, yeah. Right. it was just me and the tumbleweeds, and I was just like, <laughs> "So are the Buffett fans? Are they called the buffets? Are they? Like, no, they're <laughs> called parrot heads. The parrot heads. You did say that. <laughs> I would love it if they were called the buffets. The buffets. Uh, These are the buffet, female. The buffet female head. fans are called the buffets. This is the female fans. It uh, is a female word. Buffet. No, buffet is probably more masculine. Oh. Uh, well, the, the the French the French fans are the buffets. There we go. The Jimmy buffets. Here's Good the thing. What, what so I love well. that happened today. Like there was a lady that came in. She didn't know you're the guest. Had no clue. And we're like, hey, she's like looking at my shirt. She's like, what is this? I'm like, oh, it's a Jimmy Buffett. Thing. You know, it's like like that's the theme. And she says, oh, I hate <laughs> Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> like I like I hate she his music. It, right. She just started crapping on hating. Jimmy Buffett. She was hating on him for. Right. In front of your face, and yeah. like you were so tickled, I loved your reaction. It was good. You just like laughing, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this is one of the the main stage hands of Jimmy Buffett." And then that's too funny. She just—I've never seen anybody put their foot in their mouth that quick. Was that ever happened? She she liked Jimmy Buffett by the end, though, didn't she? She did. You 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 swooned her, right? <laughs> I think I think it was one of those things where people have an idea. I remember like until I went to the concert, just being like, "Yeah, it ain't, it ain't shit." And then I went, and I was like, "This is." It was so much fun until, of course, that goofball happened to me. <laughs> we well, he's, still he was always the, he was always under the radar. Mm. So, and if you went on list of people or musicians who've made the most money in the world, yeah. he's right up there. He's like the tortoise when the Rolling Stones and all these people. Oh, really? Are, you know, just. They sell out stadiums and all that stuff. He's just consistently gone along for so many years. He's right up there in the top money makers of the industry. I believe it. he has his restaurant in Key Largo. Oh, I he's got to. tons of material, other things like that. He has casinos and hotels. He has a cruise ship now that goes from Florida over to the Bahamas and back. A buffet cruise yeah, ship? Not buffet. That's He gets mad if people call him buffet. Oh, does two he? T's. Buffet. Okay. Well, I, just, I just messed up. Yeah. All right, Jimmy Buffett. If you're watching this, I want to apologize to you. I will well, you're obviously you. never going to meet him, but I'm still in, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you win. I show up with a pocket full of goofballs. <laughs> pocket full of goofballs. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about the food. Uh, we. I, I honestly, I was I, at first, I was like, oh, man, I know he talks about, obviously, there's Cheeseburger in Paradise. Sure. I know there's that restaurant. And I was like, in my head, man, there's all these food references. So I was like, I bet we could do a full menu just based on food references. And then I realized that in Margaritaville, he talks a lot about food. And then Cheeseburger in Paradise. And then I was looking through all these other songs, and it was just like a lot of booze references. <laughs> oh, no, and no. I was like, I could have made a whole like cocktail menu you based could. on Jimmy Buffett songs. But then I just kind of thought about what was, the, I guess, the essence of it, and it's it, it is kind of a like island escapism, you it know. It is. And so, with that in mind, I was like, well, obviously, we're gonna do a cheeseburger. We're gonna do a really good cheeseburger, and you did. It was uh, great. Thank you. Uh, our cheeseburger in paradise was just a play off of the 
Because he kind of puts the menu in the song, right? Yeah, pickles and... So I did like a, you know, a version of that. I could not do Heinz 57 because of the high fructose corn syrup. I I got my local ketchup guy, uh, local, shout out local folks. Um, Can you say their, the company name? Local folks. Oh, they're called the local folks? Yeah. I thought you were just like breezing by. (laughs) Shout out whoever you are, those local (laughs) people. You know who you are. Those local local folks. folks. No, uh, they're the ones, I used to have a burger food truck and they were the ones that I used on the truck. Um. But, uh, yeah, and then the, um, I don't know, try to play around with, like, a balsamic marinated tomato and, like, uh, a pickled a pickled red, I don't know what I'm reading, the song over there, pickled red onion, and then I think it was, like, Munster cheese from the song. Yeah. But well, we it was, used, it was probably but American cheese. We just used, like, an Indiana soft cheese or whatever. How long was that onion pickle? That's important. Um, I, I started this morning. Oh, it was only like a day. It was like a yeah. well, it was like a quick pickle, yeah. A quick pickle. It was really good. I was like, this has been going for like a week. No, we did everything uh, so good on the fly today, <laughs> as the French say, on the fly. And then everything else was uh, kind yeah, of just uh, a general kind of take on like uh, I don't know, kind of Caribbean fare. So I did, we had like a jerk jerk shrimp and um, all right. Put her on a blank. Not, not, not poopy. Does Jimmy Buffett get into there was the, a, the jerk? There was a scallop. There, well, yeah, there was a scallop and avocado cream with uh, prosciutto. Um, prosciutto. Sorry. I'm drawing all kinds of blanks. And then um, the, why can't I think of it? It's not grits. It's the other one. Polenta. Thank you. It was good. The polenta was really good. Jerk, yeah. shr- jerk shrimp, and polenta. Yeah, that was fun. Time out. Does Jimmy Buffett sing about Jamaica at all? Yeah. He does? Okay. He did a song called Jamaica Mistaka. Oh, he doesn't like Jamaica. (laughs) He doesn't like Jamaica. No, no. He was there, and he got shot at by the federales. Uh, They thought he was smuggling drugs in. And his uh, At the time, he had a 1953 Grumman Albatross, which has two 1,800 horsepower engines on it. And it's a seaplane. It's huge. Lands in the water. He gets out. Bono from YouTube, Bono's wife, Jimmy's wife, they all get out and they're going to go to some restaurant in Negril. And um, Jimmy wants to take a picture of his plane taking off. He must have recently just bought the plane. So he, he's in this little dinghy and he goes out in the water to take pictures of it taking off. And the Federales thought that they were drug smugglers. And so they were trying to stop the plane and they're taking uh. off it. When that plane's going, you can't hear a damn thing. It's so loud inside. <laughs> anyway, right. The plane takes off, and they shot it twice. They broke the windshields in the front and on the side. Um, and oh Jimmy's down watching it, and, of course, his camera. <laughs> you know, He ran out of power in his iPhone or whatever he had. Might have been a, a you know, camera, but. Classic Mistaka. Yeah, that's Jamaica Mistaka. So he wrote a song about it. He always writes a song about it. Classic so. Jamaica. That, that's happened to a couple of your friends. Mm-hmm. Don't go to Jamaica and oh, don't say that. <laughs> no, I'm saying don't go to Jamaica and have a private plane that looks like it's a drug smuggling business <laughs> right, exactly. and get shot at. So you had friends that did that? It's a I mean, a lot of my friends get shot at. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> For different reasons. <laughs> well, they're bad cooks. <laughs> is that the plane? Is this a picture of his plane? Or just uh, a picture of one of his plays. It is a plane. That is it. That they painted the hemisphere dancer. 
And, wow. uh, That's the name of the plane? Yes. That's a beautiful name. Hemisphere Dancer. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. It's a, like a World War II vintage kind of thing. I like the idea that even if you're like, cause they showed his net worth up there was like half a billion dollars. I like even when you're like a half a billionaire, you get a new toy and all you want to do is just like, I got to take a that picture of my, yeah, I got to take a picture <laughs> of my new plane from this dinghy. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun that you bring that up. I didn't realize that was going on live. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This That's is perfect. This is, uh, yeah, yeah. Casey is our brain here. So, like, when I can't remember what, we can't remember what Polenta's called. So, we did a show in Anguilla. Mm -hmm. Do you know Anguilla? Are you familiar with that at all? Yeah, I haven't haven't been there. Okay, people cannot, uh, anybody that doesn't born and raised there can't own property there. Okay. So, all the natives own all the land. And so, Mm -hmm. it's like an equal opportunity thing. So, there's fucking a lot of rich people. You know, besides poor natives, but at least it's not just all outside people that came in and took over right. the island. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very cool island, Anguilla. Anyway, we did a show there. The guy's name is Banky Banks. Do you know Banky Banks? No. Banky Banks. Anyway, Banky, Banky Banks. Banks I don't know. He has a place there, and that's and we went down and uh, played it, kind of to help him, you know, rejuvenate this venue. And so we had to cut a road into it. It was amazing. Oh wow, we had a great time. How much island travel do you like? Oh, not a lot. This is, okay. That's the best one that we ever did. Okay. We were there for a couple weeks. I don't know if you can pull up Anguilla, uh, Jimmy Buffett and Anguilla, and it should come up. But it was just like an amazing experience in time. And when we got to, because there's so many people in our troop at the time, you know, 30 state, 30 of us, tech people, and 15 or 20 people in the band. So. We couldn't get rooms in one hotel there. So we were all in these little different places. And we got into our place. And when we first got there, there was no phones and no TVs in our rooms. But it's right on the water. And when we got there, we were so pissed off that how can they do this? Blah, 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 blah. And by the time we left, we didn't want to leave. Man. That's awesome. Hey, let's take a, let's take a quick break. We're going to see if we can bring this up. That's great. And uh, we'll be right back. Anguilla. Anguilla. Gen Z can't stop raving about the Harder Brunch Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Harder Brunch slaps. No cap, the Harder Brunch podcast is bussin' on God. Move over, Boomer. Gen Z's here to talk to you about the Harder Brunch Patreon. Harder Brunch podcast on Patreon, $3 a month, low-key a steal. The Harder Brunch podcast deadass has me bricked up every day. <laughs> Listen to these all totally real testimonials. No, like, I'm getting paid to do this. Don't worry. Yeah. No. You think I do this for free? No. The Harder Brunch Podcast Deadass Slaps. younger! The Harder Brunch Podcast Deadass Slaps. Just go to patreon.com backslash Harder Brunch. The Patreon After Brunch Podcast hits different. That shit makes you feel shit. Welcome back to the Harder Brunch Podcast. Uh, we're talking to Tom Batista. Tom, uh, so Tom, one of the, I would be Tom. remiss uh, for two reasons if I didn't bring this up. But one, we met at this wonderful event at Bluebeard that is um, ran by friend of the show Audrey Sternberg, and um, she puts these magnificent dinners on. 
where it's like chef driven dinners. It was so good. And then there's like uh like like different like wine there was like the one we went to there was like a wine pairing for each course and it's up in the what do you what do they call that upstairs room? I think they call it the second story. The second story. And, and there was like different like artifacts like you had Kurt Vonnegut's typewriter. Oh, that's down in the main bar room. That's in Bluebeard. But yeah, it was it was beautiful. Well, it's named after uh Kurt Vonnegut novel, Bluebeard, which is his last novel. He went to Shortridge, by the way. Okay. A lot of people don't know that. I did I did not know that. Yeah. I knew he was from India. I didn't know he went to Shortridge. Yep. Um but these are amazing dinners. Oh, the dinner we had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's where we met. Well, I'm tying it all in the because I wanted to do a plug for it because sure. uh, they're amazing. They are, but it's too much. I'm telling <laughs> you. Eight courses mm. with eight different drinks. Hello. It was great. And I was worried about being sat next to some weirdo. And oh. then, and then, luckily, I was sat, sat next, next to you. To <laughs> I know. We didn't, we didn't know. We got Wait. called the last minute because somebody bailed. Really? That's how I happened to be there, yeah. Yeah, like, it was, it, it felt like you were entering the clue room, like there was, like, a murder that happened there. <laughs> and that you had to guess, well, I finally started moving around, so it's people would talk to each other. Okay, Different people. Yeah, I yeah. sat at the other end of the table, so that person yeah. would come down at my end of the table. You were the most it's, social. In yeah, the, in it's only the 18 group. seats in that mm. room, so you can, could do a party for 18 people and have a chef cook for you. Yeah. And that was, like you said, the guest chef that Audrey put on. Which was, you know, over the top. If you ask me, I could, God, I can't eat that many courses and drink that many. Well, drinks. there were seven courses, man. I understand. That was too. That was too much for me. It was too much for me, but <laughs> you know, but that's fine. I loved it. It was awesome. The food was unbelievable. I thought it was just enough. It was just <laughs> enough. Well, I ate too much because, like, it was all really good food. Like right. you're talking about top of the line, fifty dollars courses for, for someone yeah. who literally professionally eats like that. You're very bad at pacing yourself. Me? <laughs> yes. Listen, I... Okay. You oh. eat like that every week on this show, on this program. And I don't so- think once I've heard you say it's been too much here. <laughs> Listen, I eat the good food, and sometimes you put the good food out, and there's too much of it, and you're like, you want seconds. And then there's like 30 minutes, and you're like, all right, I'll take another bite of this delicious food that I've never even imagined. All right, it's it's not easy being an eater. All right, <laughs> I I felt it was great. Um, they got another one coming up. Um, oh man, what's the next one here? December twelfth. This is great. Six thirty. It's uh, uh, Chef Jeff Potter. Um, you can just go to Bluebeard's. Uh, just go to their website. Go to check out their social media. Um, these are awesome. It's and it's also like it's cool. That the events are like earlier in the week, like they're on Monday nights. So it's like there's a, a lot of times there's kind of a, a drought in India, I feel like, for stuff on Mondays. Like Irvington, everything's closed on Mondays. No, a so, lot of places are. So like it's really cool to kind of like have these uh, chef dinners. Also, if you're like a service industry person, a lot of times that's your day off. Right. So we miss out on a lot of cool stuff because we're working it. So it's really nice to uh, be able to do that. So. Um, I highly suggest go check it out. We've we've all done all three of us have done it. Um, I didn't realize you were like an onion sitting next to because you had all these crazy stories. I'm like right. this guy, I like this guy. This guy's cool. And then I was like, oh, this guy owns the building. And then I was like, oh, this guy works for Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> like this guy's like uh, 
you, like if I was describing you to someone else, it sounds like I made it up. You yeah, know, <laughs> absolutely. I what can I say? I, I'm amazed myself when I look at it all. It's like kind of like a cartoon character. Yeah, like if like oh yeah, like the the we're hanging out with the guy that works with Jimmy Buffett. They're like that's not real. <laughs> yeah, um, that owns the building. <laughs> you um. Some interesting stuff that you said earlier that I wanted to kind of circle back to some of these projects that were, um, like you said, for the city. Yeah. Uh, one of the most unique, interesting, and um, I, I guess I just have a couple questions about it, is the idol. Now, yes. can you do a kind of a quick explanation of what the idol is for someone that's not from Indy or sure. might not be familiar with it? There's a place in Indianapolis called the South Split. It's where Interstate 65 and Interstate 70 come together and spin and turn, go south and west when you're coming from the north and if you're coming from the south, north and east. But so um, there was a spit of land there that was probably an acre big in between the interstates. And it's up high because the interstate in that part of the, sec- uh, part of the city is lowered. So it's, you know, it could be actually covered which is what we're praying for for the South split in the future when they redo it all. We want them to cover the interstate. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But so there's a spit of land, and if you went out and walked out through these little trees, you get to the end, and it's just like a beautiful view of these interstates all coming together. And so you can just comprehend sitting there with nothing. Uh, you know, and the people in the cars are all freaked out because they're having to merge with semis, and right. you know, sometimes there's horn talking, <laughs> and you're sitting there just like chilling. <coughs> and so it just seemed to me it would be a great place to put a, a viewing stand where we could put up some rows of chairs, people yeah. could come and sit. And it happened to be between um, all these uh, neighborhoods that were divided uh, by the Federal Highway Administration when they put the interstates through, which you know they just seventeen thousand people were relocated, kicked out of an area so they could put this interstate through. And of course it went through all the poor neighborhoods and all the immigrant neighborhoods and you know, and mm. so it seemed that it would be a good place where we could rejoin um, Fletcher Place with Fountain Square, with North Square and whatever the other there's another one there. And it just seemed like it would be could be a unifying thing for the neighborhoods. And so that's where the idea that uh, the idol came from. That's very interesting. I've I've went and sat there just to have some solitude. I I didn't know that you were a part of that. Yes. So, thank you. It took six years. They just the, the highway administration said no, the city said no, the state said everybody said no. And finally I called uh, Andre Carson's office only because they had done a fundraiser at blue bit or something so i called the lady that was in charge of it and she was able to talk to andre and the next time uh these people came from the federal highway administration in indianapolis they set up a meeting for us so we had you know a half an hour to talk to these people about what our plan was and it was through that that broke the ice you know four and a half years in and then finally they said that we could do it but it took them a year passing paperwork back between um, the city, which was the Department of Public Works, the state, which is the Indiana Department of Transportation, mm-hmm. and the feds, which is the Federal Highway Administration, passing it all back and forth. And you did that for mainly a memory of the people, too. Well, for the people, yeah, that all got that dislocated. dislocated. That's, and so if you wow. go out there, there's a couple of things called gabions, and they are these wire cages that they use for erosion, you know, if there were an ocean. 
and it's filled with the debris from houses that were torn down in that neighborhood. Interesting. So that's significant too. So wow. it's just like, you know, it's kind of telling the story and yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. I love that. I, um, <laughs> I went there. It was like, I think later in the summer of 2020 when we like could go outside and it would like, it seemed like a safe place to yeah, go. It was outdoors. Know? It was right. like outdoors. And for some reason I was, I think we were modeling, um, red flag comedy merch and my friend hannah was like modeling the the merch and we went and i don't remember for why exactly but it kind of turned into like a kind of a risque photo shoot and i was just like let's go back i, was <laughs> I like, wish i were there i was like let's go back in the, <laughs> let's go back in the aisle <laughs> and uh yeah we we're back in there so there's a whole photo shoot of there of of her modeling all this oh, stuff, cool. and then people were kind of walking back in, and it was just like, ah, I look like a creep now. Uh, <laughs> that's what you had to give to that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so well, it, got a, it got an NPR wait, wait, don't tell me. Did it really? Yeah, and then from that, it got on Sunday morning, CBS Sunday morning show. Oh, wow. They came out with the video crew twice, once before it, we did it, and then once after it was done, they came back. So it aired wow. you know, on CBS Sunday morning, which was my mom's favorite show hey she's dead long and gone but i got her on the show holding me as a baby oh okay that's nice and the only reason the federal highway administration finally it broke the ice is i told them that if they had put the interstate through 20 years earlier i might not even be here my father was italian he lived you know that's holy rosary is the italian parish and on the other side of the interstate is the irish parish my mom is irish mm. and that's saint pat's they might have never met, and then I wouldn't even be here. And it finally dawned on them that, yeah, they really screwed up neighborhoods. They really divided the cities mm -hmm. totally. And it's all over the country. It's not just here. So that's what broke the ice. Is there, like, a, a placard or something there that kind of... Says that? No, there's a placard that just says, be human or something, you know. Mm -hmm. There's no rules here, be human. And it was kind of funny because there were a couple of homeless guys that were staying out there, and when we first started doing it, people started going out to see what it was, and they came to me, and they were worried that there were going to be uh, people that were going to be drinking and, you know, smoking pot and doing it. And I said, look, it, if I go to the Federal Highway Administration, the first rule they're going to make is no overnight camping. So you want me to go to them, <laughs> then the police is going to come and throw you out of here. So just, you know, be quiet. And, you know, it kind of dawned on them that that was the truth. Here they want to make rules. What are they trying to make rules for? But whatever. I remember hearing about it before I saw it, and I was like, "Who's gonna go want to watch the interstate?" <laughs> like, like, I, yeah. but there is it is there is something serene about the juxtaposition. There's just enough wooded area where, like, when you walk through. And you do kind of disappear from Fountain Square or Fletcher Place oh, for a second, and then, <laughs> and then you're in the woods, and then all of a sudden there's this opening, and it it is kind of serene. You well, know, they like, they like, made us uh, put up a sign saying uh, "Danger, enter at your own risk." And after you go through this snake path and you get to the end, there was another sign we put up that said "Even more danger." <laughs> just to <coughs> you know, just to punk them. Yeah, I thought. I thought I was gonna have to fight off like 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 at least ten hobos when I went there. Yeah, that's exactly. why all the signs were there. Like, enter yeah. at your own risk. You're gonna have to fight. There's gonna be like a boss hobo. They were worried the about the boss hobo. <laughs> they were worried about cars running up there and running into you. I can't believe that, but that's what they were worried about. 
Oh, so, that's I'm what sorry. they said anyway. They came up with every that excuse would you could. Straight up ruin it. a picnic, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know, I'm still stuck at like a boss hobo. Like, what would like his like strengths be? Stabbing, probably. <laughs> I was gonna say probably story- a, probably a quick blade. I'm assuming. I was gonna say storytelling. Like, like you get like oh yeah. like locked into like a good story. You're like, oh wait, this is going somewhere, but it's really not. Yeah. And then, and then you get stabbed. Like, oh, get stabbed. I've been stabbed the whole time. <laughs> All right. The boss hobo. I'm sorry, anybody out there that is hobos. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry for them, too. <laughs> it's not, it's not a, they don't like, they don't, it's not, it's not good. So, is it important, I mean, so, like, you, you have this incredible life where you kind of fall backwards into this amazing setup where you're meeting... <laughs> You're 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 meeting celebrities and working and you know, executing stuff at the highest level and and, and, and affords you enough where you, you can you can buy these properties and do these cool things, but it seems like it's very important for you. You could just buy property, you know, you could just buy but any old property absent and rent. Yeah, and just but like but it seems like you're very not only just very involved with the properties that you buy, but also very particular about like what kind of businesses are going into these places? Well, you can say that, but it ends up that the bottom line is you have to pay for it. So eventually you might have to take somebody you don't really want to take mm. just to be able to get the money, but that's pretty rare. And generally we've always helped all of our tenants and whatever they're doing. There are a lot of startups and um, we were always you know, below market on everything just because we're there and do all the work ourselves usually. So. Well, your, your name is tied to a lot of <laughs> iconic... Indianapolis restaurants. Yes. Yeah. So our bistro was the first one. Yeah. And uh, my wife met her, Regina Mahalik, in an art show that was in our building. And we, that building on Mass Avenue where it ended up being. And, Cheers. Uh, she, so I can't remember how many years ago. It's got to be 20 years ago or more. But she, uh, my wife said that we had this space and Regina said she wanted to open a restaurant. So she took her down and showed her, she took her in this building that was dumpsters and just full of trash and said, this could be a great restaurant. And Regina thought, yes, it could. And that's, that happened then. So we turned that into a restaurant. We, we always help our tenants. So we would help do the build out. We would get her contractors, you know, so she, we would get her in as efficient as she could so she could make money. And then if she's a success, we're a success. And that's just, how it's been, you know, That's all great. along. And then, um, what are some of the other properties as well? Oh, uh, that you're most proud of. Well, I'm proud of all of them. Bluebeard, <laughs> of course, Bluebeard. Uh, that was kind of amazing because I wanted to open a bakery. And so, that's why we bought that building. Yeah. I wasn't even interested in doing a restaurant, but my son who was in Law school, Ed, he was in law school at the time, and he found a liquor license for $1,000 instead of $35,000. Yeah. <laughs> wow. A three-way license. Yeah. But it had, to go to a, it had to go to an address. So we had already bought the building to do this bakery, and he came to us, and so we then segued into doing a bakery and Bluebeard. And, so, and that was all Ed's friends, you know, John Adams and Abby mm-hmm. Maris. Yeah. And, uh, Chris... Um, the guy who owns Love Handle, Chris mm-hmm. Benedict. Benedict, he's the one who actually named Bluebeard. They yeah. were up on the roof drinking, you know, <laughs> at the end of the evening, all just dreaming up ideas and things, and he came up with the name. But I think he might have been thinking of a pirate, not 
Oh, not, <laughs> you know Chris. Not, yeah, oh, he yeah, could have oh, been yeah. a pirate instead of. He might be a pirate. <laughs> he could be. He's a hugger. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> a little too long, some might say. <laughs> Every once in a while, yeah. he's a good guy. We uh, we love Chris. He's. But He's, so anyway, all those were Ed's friends, my son's friends, and so mm-hmm. they all got together to do Bluebeard. I was doing the bakery. That that I mean, uh, to me that I mean, not like a cool restaurant and bakery going in together. Surprised that they, but like the accident of birth of you know you want cool just space. you really wanting this bakery, and then the, and it ended up being like this iconic restaurant, yeah, iconic bakery, best but like best bakery, right? Both you know working with each other yeah. and well we know. enable them you know so they're all owners abby and my nephew charlie mcintosh who's the head baker and ed mm. they're all owners too sherry and i you know obviously had the money and bought the building and had the money to do it but it's there they have their you know, oh charlie's your nephew you said yes charlie ah. mcintosh is my sister's son gotcha. but they put in the hours and the love and they they have the passion to do that yeah and you know I have passion for a lot of things, and people think because I'm in the music business I know everything about music. I don't. Mm-hmm. They think because we have Bluebeard that I know everything about food. I have to Google, <laughs> you know, the ingredients <laughs> and see what this is or that. You know, yeah, I remember. I remember the dinner with you. you so were that, like, I, don't, I don't know a lot of that. <laughs> now we have you know this theater that is the you know art movie house with three screens. Can can yeah. everything local to can can. And people think I know a lot about movies and stuff. Uh, not true. Yeah. You know, but I've seen a lot more movies in the last year than I ever did before. Tom, I can't figure out if you're accidentally cool or like yeah, you just I'm accidentally. Yeah, accident. are, you, are you like Scooby Doo, like walking into cool things accidentally? Yeah. Like, yes. It I'm seems like that. that. Well, oh, or are you, or are you so, or are you just playing some 3D chess? That no one else. I'm no, not, one, no, I'm not that. We're deep. all no. far behind. And and I don't mean this to be offensive. It's like the Forrest Gump. <laughs> That's um, exactly. People have said that to me you, before. You, you know, are the Forrest Gump, Gump of stump, stump cool things. Cool things. Yeah. And you know it's hard work, and we enjoy what we do, and we do it with a passion. Yeah. Well, even the fact that you were talking to me about like Sirius Black and Clint Breeze, right. like, like oh you're like, I like them. Like, I'm like what? Like what? This, this is like this is dope. Yeah. So you like you keep your ear to the culture. I love that. You do. do you think you just have like an eye for the things that you like, or you just is it something more about the people where you recognize like this person is driven, or is it something about like the that, art where you're like I really like this art? That's definitely part of it. That they are passionate about what they're doing, then I would more likely help them and encourage them to do whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I that is important. There's no doubt. That's a good question. It's such a, it's such an inter- interesting and diverse palette that you have there of, of like all these different places, and then I like the fact that you're also like a cheerleader of these places. Yeah, oh absolutely. And you be like you you well, you use we language. We're doing this at KKN. We're doing we, this yeah, at Bluebird. If we language. succeed, yes. you know, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to succeed. But if it's like, you know, if we were like owners and came in and you know we're go do this or you know ignored them and don't really help them then that's a loss for us. Yeah. It's a loss for the city and the community. Well, and it's also cool, like, being an owner, like, they're they're being able to show you what they're doing. Like, some people will be, like, removed, and, like, you're actually on the scene going to the know events. that I'm there. I pick yes. up trash everywhere I go. Every time I've ever bought property anywhere, the first thing I do in the neighborhood is go around and start picking up trash. And, the, and people, yeah. well, they go, well, they wonder how I own these buildings all around in great places. 
Well, believe me, they were all dumps when I got there. Mm -hmm. and the first thing I did was start picking up trash. Like on Mass Avenue, 1983 is when we bought the building where uh, Bodie Ty is. Mm -hmm. 83. And trash from downtown would blow down that into the street and just pile up on the fence there. And the city would never pick it up, but I picked it up all the time. There's something about someone that owns stuff that picks up the trash. Like it, it's You're on the ground floor. You know, and that's what and makes all the, the people run. that work there see me doing that, and right. they say, "God, yes. he owns this, and he's doing that." Yeah, you know, he must be have compassion about this place. Absolutely, from the top yeah. down. Yeah. What's the next thing? I'm trying to do a. I would love to find an old subway car, okay, from Chicago or New York, uh -huh. and put it as a pedestrian bicycle bridge over the mighty Pogues Run, which is a little creek that runs. <laughs> That runs along between Spades Park and Brookside. And, yeah, that's and, uh, an east side. Windsor Park, east side, an east side thing. So what it is, they put a Brookside trail there, and so it dumps the trail, it stops at Commerce Street, and you have to go over this bridge, and these there's four lanes of traffic, and the two lanes heading out of town are usually speeding, and they just go over that bridge. It's on a curve. It's a blind curve. It's just it's scary. If I had a little kid, you know, I wouldn't want to be walking across that bridge. I figured that if we put this little bridge at Newman Street, which is in between, it's where the Spay Neuter Clinic is, mm -hmm. you know where that is yeah. on Mass Avenue, and the CCIC building, mm -hmm. that street in between there is Newman Street. Seasick, I like to call it. Seasick. Sorry. That's cool. <laughs> anyway, so I want to put a, a bridge there. there. The bridge abutments, there was a bridge there in the 20s. Maybe even up to the 50s, I haven't had anybody. No one showed me a picture yet of this bridge that was there, but the bridge abutments are still there. So literally, I could take a train car, I could take a container, and I could take a crane and set it on um, th these bridge abutments that are already there, anchor it down, put runways in, and then we'd have a pedestrian bicycle pathway over into Windsor Park. So that's my late, that's what I really. What I'm dreaming of right now. So do you need you need someone to donate an old subway car? They don't even have to donate it. They give me access to one. New York just, uh, New York City just um, decommissioned sixty R32 subway cars. If you've ever been to New York and ridden on the subway, it's those stainless steel cars that mm -hmm. are kind of ribbed sideways. Yeah, you know, they go longwise, and they just decommissioned sixty of them and sent them to Ohio. And, but they won't talk to me because I'm an individual. If I were the mayor of Indianapolis, oh. you know, they would probably talk to me. Or if I was some entity, not me, and I tried with the trail to get them to do it, they won't do it. You know, I've been trying. So I'm still trying. And so hopefully someone will say, okay, this is a worthy project. Let's try to do it. You got to get the mayor involved. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it, it, he could ask and probably get one. And so if we can get him, but everybody, they're all, they're always afraid that somebody's going to get hurt or there's liability involved. Yeah. And they're always afraid of that. And just about, you, you ask about money. I don't, I raised the money. Yeah. You know, I raised $81,000 or 87,000 by the time it was over for the, uh, idol. I can do that. Yeah. It's all the red tape of it's getting the entity mm. and it has to be a public entity to want to do it for New York to talk to you. Now, Chicago might be a different story. We Ooh. might be able to get one from there. I think Chicago would probably be a better fit, right? It's kind of more Midwestern, closer. Well, it doesn't, it's, the history of it would be cool because everybody that's ever been to New York and ridden on a subway yeah. that's still alive has ridden on those cars. They've shot movies on them. Yeah. You know, there's, you could, the beginning, you could the have beginning a whole of Night series Court. of movies. Yeah. yeah. You could do a whole series of movies or TV shows that had that on there. I mean, I, people, when we get it put in there eventually, they're going to love it. 
You could do it like cause speed five or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. With a <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how to yes and that quick enough. Sorry, that was <laughs> I was just thinking about all the movies that have been done in like a like a train station like that. Right. Um that's a great idea. Man, that's a great idea. And like, uh, it's ridiculous if someone that is already has a proven track record of doing something like the idol. Can't the, get respect. Like, the, that. Yeah. Hey, yeah. some say no respect. That's hey, right. hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Can you uh, drop a B for me there, Zach? Tom Batista, thank you so much for being on this show, being on this program today. Uh, we appreciate you. You've been very fun, very eye opening. Uh, where can people fight? Where would you like to direct people to anything that you're doing on social media or? Well, it, I don't it, do a lot of social media. Well, but any eyes that you everybody, would like. Anything I'd like to advertise is the Can Can. The Can Can. It's an unbelievable space and place, and uh, people need to go there and just have a drink at the bar and hang out and see mm-hmm. the cool people that are actually making movies in our city or mm-hmm. in our state, and actually people that go to movies. It's just a very cool space. Uh, we just need more people to go to it. Uh, yeah, it really is. Seven it's, days a week. It's an it's an amazing theater, um, and we've done comedy shows up there as well yeah. too. It's like super fun, great place. Yeah, I think we went and watched uh, Vertigo there. Oh, I saw Vertigo there yeah, myself a couple, a couple for the first ago. time. Yeah, yeah, first time for me. It was really really good. Yeah, really neat venue. Uh, and the other thing is is Amelia's, of course. Yes, and open, there's an there's an Amelia's right across the street. Open right half there. the time. Yeah, eight to eight. Absolutely. Eight, seven days a week. It all is making sense to me now. It's all <laughs> making sense to me. Why is there another million? Because of Tom. All right. There you go. Then we're going to have a third one in the uh, Stutz building. Oh, wow. The hey. first one we have in a building that we don't own. So I'm a little leery of it. But mm. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Well, the product is amazing. It is. That yeah. was uh, that was the bun that I, the, the brioche bun that I used on my food truck. So it's the go. bread. It goes the right bread. back to the bread. It goes right back to that good bread. bread, baby. Yeah. Uh, that is Jay McKee. You can find me at Fab McKee. Uh, that's Instagram and Twitter. That's all for me. Zach Rome. You can find me at Zach underscore Rome on all social media. Guys, we have an amazing Patreon. Uh, if you want to, if you want to, one, help out your boys so we can keep making great content. Um, two, three bucks. Access to a library of over 100 episodes. Over 100 episodes. Silly. Of stuff that you can only get by being a Patreon member. Um, it's only only three dollars. So I highly suggest you'll get more of the callbacks. Uh, you'll get more of the callbacks. You'll you, you'll you'll help us. You'll have hours and hours of podcasting that you can listen to. Also, um, you know, you might just get cool dip first dibs on special stuff before seriously before the normies. <laughs> the events. Hey, meat cakes coming, baby. Meat cakes coming. Get up. ready for it. It's gonna be crazy. Is it three dollars for what? For a year, a week, an hour, a minute? It's it's three dollars a month. I thought a month. it was a month. Yeah. It's a month. Cheap. so cheap at half the price. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh yeah. I mean, would you like to go on record now as saying, Tom, that you would like to subscribe for three I only will. three dollars a month? Surprise. Are you kidding? Yeah, there, there, there we go. You heard Can it here. Can you do it for a year or is it like for life? It's it's a blood in, blood out kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the blood ceremony uh, okay. after this. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, uh, so that's patreon.com backslash harder brunch. And uh, you can find me at Dyke Michaels on all social media. Thank you guys so much. If you're a YouTube, if you watch this on YouTube, 
Um, you like what you, you like what you see? You like these Hawaiian shirts? <laughs> Go ahead and smash that smash that subscribe button for us. And uh, yeah, we'll if you, you followed time. all the way to the end and haven't subscribed yet, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you probably just fell asleep with this on. Uh, thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Out. Bye bye.